106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome back to the show. Got lots to talk about today. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Um, first thing I want to talk about is I have a lot of like movie news and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so John M. Chu, uh, known for directing Crazy Rich Asians, which I haven't seen yet, but it's on my list to watch eventually. I've heard it's really good, but yeah, it's just one of those I still haven't gotten to. Um, anyways, he is set to direct the live-action Lilo and Stitch for Disney. Um, I, uh, I actually am going to be reviewing Lilo and Stitch, the original, um, later on in, later on in this episode. But, yeah, I just wanted to mention this news because... Lilo and Stitch is definitely one of my favorite Disney movies in general. I really love the character of Stitch. I don't know. I just always really liked, really liked that movie. So, um, <clears throat> I haven't watched most of the live action remakes, but honestly, I'm not really looking forward to going and watching a bunch of them because, um, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about all these live-action remakes coming out. I'm trying to think of which ones I've actually seen. I saw the uh, Alice in Wonderland that came out. Uh, whenever that was, I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was like a live-action adaptation. I, I guess that like Peter Pan movie. Um, but that wasn't by Disney. Uh, anywho, I don't think I've said this on the podcast yet. Maybe I have, but, um, I am going to be extending the whole watching animation and stuff like that and all these Disney movies into next month as well. Um, and for those of you who didn't know, yeah, basically this month I've just been watching a lot of animation and Disney and stuff like that. I'm also going to be watching the live action remakes and stuff like that, but um just just the Disney versions, not like anything else like other studios or whatever. Um just sticking to Disney. Uh So yeah. Um just cuz I I realized there's a lot that I wanted to talk about. Um, in terms of animation and stuff like that, there's just so much out there, so it's just going to take me longer, especially if I'm just trying to, like, balance it out and try not to, like, just watch animation, because then it'll make me sick of it, kind of like what was, what happened, uh, last month with the whole slasher movie thing, 
towards the end of it, I started getting really sick of watching them. But a lot of these animated movies are actually really good, so... um, Yeah, a lot of those slasher movies, it's like, eh, most of these aren't great. But there are some gems in there. Um, But yeah, I went on a whole tangent there. (laughs) Uh, Next piece of news I have, Chris Pratt. I don't know if you guys heard this or not. He's set to appear as Star-Lord slash Peter Quill in Thor 11 Thunder. Um, I am very excited for Thor 11 Thunder. Um, From what I heard, it's supposed to be directed again by Taika Waititi, which makes me very happy because I really loved Thor Ragnarok, and I love Taika Waititi as a director as an actor voice actor um everything i've seen from him i've loved um with exception of the uh green lantern movie with ryan reynolds i believe i know he was an actor in that movie i don't know for sure if he directed that or not i think he might have but yeah Basically, when I really started paying attention to his work is when Thor Ragnarok came out, and I was like, this movie is really funny. Um, And, of course, he's gone on to do uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, and he also played Hitler in that movie, which was a bit controversial uh, looking at it from the outside. But when he watched it in the movie, it's like... I I kind of like this. They they take a whole um you know, imaginary friend aspect or uh they take that idea and apply it to Takawatiti as Hitler in that movie. But yeah, I really do love that movie. Um I recommend you guys check that out. He directed it as well. I don't know if I said that or not. Um there's another movie he directed called the Hunt for the Wilderbeast, I think. Uh, and it has that kid from Deadpool too. Um can't remember that kid's name now, but um I've heard good things about that. It's kind of more of an indie film, but definitely gotta check that out eventually. There's just so much to watch. It's kinda like one of those things that's like, man, this podcast could go on forever. Cause there's just so many movies I could talk about, and already so many movies that I've already seen, um, that I can go back and revisit, uh, oh yeah, in the future, at some point, I plan to do, like, a Disney Channel movie, um, kind of marathon or whatever, and just, like, review a bunch of those movies, and maybe, maybe do a tier list, um, for a bunch of them, but, yeah, like, that was kind of my childhood, I watched, like, a bunch of those Disney Channel movies, um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of movies I would like to go back and revisit and see if they hold up or if it's just, like, super cringy, so, yeah, we shall see when I do that, um, but, yeah, Next piece of news I have, uh, this is a pretty big piece of news that I'm pretty excited about, actually. 
uh wonder woman 1984 is set to debut debut on hbo max on christmas day um it's also gonna be in theaters wherever you know theaters are open but you know for the vast majority of people you get to watch it on hbo max which honestly i think is you know really providing a whole lot right now in terms of entertainment because they have the whole Fresh Prince reunion that just came out, which I'm going to be talking about in a little bit here. But, um, yeah, they're killing it for sure. I'm excited to watch this movie finally next month. Um, something else comes out on Christmas Day. I think Pixar's Soul comes out on Disney Plus on, uh, on Christmas Day. And I think Mulan is supposed to be available on, like, the 1st of December or something like that. If I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But, yeah. Definitely a lot of stuff around Christmas to be excited about. Um, other than the holiday itself, obviously. If you even celebrate it, that is. But, Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'll finally be able to review it and watch it and kind of put that put that one behind us, you know. I feel like they just need a lot of these just just like release these straight to digital at this point. Like uh Fast and Furious just release it to digital. Um what else? Yeah, cuz Fast and Furious, I'm not like I'm not worried about seeing it on a big screen. It's not a goddamn Christopher Nolan film. It's not going to have, like, the most amazing, mind-blowing spectacle of, you know, digital effects as something like a Nolan film would have. Um, That's just not the kind of... Not the kind of... uh, Quality, Ugh, I don't want to say quality, but I kind of do want to say quality. It's not quite the quality that the Fast movies bring. Um, I don't know. I love those movies personally just because I think they're goofy and I enjoy them. So, um, But yeah, other than that, it's just like... Kind of, yeah, just release it, dude. I'm kind of on the bandwagon of, you know, Fast and Furious just kind of needs to end at this point. It's, it's getting a bit insane now. I mean, I, I usually I would embrace it, but at this point I'm just like, can we just get this over with? It's It's getting repetitive. And uh, the shtick is getting old. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that, but I have a feeling I'm not. Um, what else should be released? Just a digital, just like, just do it, you know? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Can't really think of anything else that's like, I guess... Uh, no time to die would probably the the new Bond film. They'd probably want to have that in the theater. 
and honestly, I would I would pay to go see that. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else was going to be released that got pushed back. I wonder how many people think that Black Widow should be released to Disney Plus. I'm sure they would do the whatever fucking tier it's called. We're gonna pay thirty extra dollars on top of already being subscribed to Disney Plus. I think that's absolute bullshit, and that's the reason I still haven't seen Mulan. I'll watch it once it's free, and even then, I'm kind of more on the side of not watching it. But that's just me. I mean, obviously, I'm still gonna watch it, but I don't know. I'm just really. More on the side of, not like boycotting it, but just like, you know, fuck this. <laughs> fuck what they're trying to do. Maybe I'm a hater, but I kind of think I'm just seeing through the Disney bullshit. I really do hate it, but it doesn't stop me from watching their movies, which is kind of the sad thing about it. Um... Alright, next thing. Deadline reported that Deadpool 3 is set to have the writers, two of the writers from the show Bob's Burgers, Wendy and Lizzie Molinux. Hopefully I'm saying that right. The Molinux sisters. Um, as well as Ryan Reynolds, who will also be returning as the titular character. Um, <clears throat> this is big news. One sec, I got a cough. <coughs> All right, that's better. No, I don't have COVID. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this because for a while we really didn't know what was going to happen with it. From what I hear, they're going to take kind of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type of route with it. You know, the events of the movies affect what happens in those movies or, you know, in the case of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show. Um... But the show doesn't really have a whole lot of effect on the movies, you know? Um. <coughs> Sorry. And that's kind of what they're going to do with Deadpool, I guess. You know, his movies don't really affect the broader, you know, picture. But the broader picture affects his movies. But yeah. Um. I'm happy with that, as long as they keep it rated R. I think a lot of people would agree. Alright, that's all I have for news. Um, now let's go into television. Um, so, let's talk about The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4. Just aired yesterday. Um... I'll tell you when I'm going to go into the spoilers, but here's just a general review. Um, I really did like this episode a whole lot. Um, the last episode kind of made it seem like um, this one was going to be a certain thing. And then once I kind of, you know, saw the cast and all that, kind of like the plot um, synopsis, I was like, oh yeah, definitely another side mission. So they're really taking their time with it. But uh, I'm not bothered by that at all because 
every episode so far, it's been getting better and better. Um, but yeah, uh, this episode was directed by Carl Weathers, who actually plays Grief Karga on that show. So um, this is the first time he is directing on the show. So he did a great job. Um, this episode brought back his character and Cara Dune, which I love both of those characters. I think they're both very awesome. And uh, I enjoy whenever they're on screen. And, uh, you know, interacting with Mando and the child um, adds for a lot of really good moments. But, yeah, here's where I'm going to go into spoilers. So, you have been warned. Um, So, yeah, Baby Yoda uses the Force to get some uh, blue macaroons, which they looked pretty delicious, I, I, I do have to say. Um, you saw kind of like a C-3PO-esque droid that was teaching children, <clears throat> which that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and like the, 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 uh, like, ba- not the base, but like, you know, the kind of port or whatever where they where the um the guild yeah where the guild was hanging out in the first season that was all shot up and shit from uh moff gideon and uh his his troopers and all that um but yeah everything is like pretty much back to normal and thriving again, and, uh, Cardoon is actually the marshal of the town, which I thought was quite cool, um, <clears throat> but yeah, basically in this episode, what they're doing is going off to destroy an imperial base, they eventually find out that it's actually a lab, and, uh, yeah, they find out it's a lab, and that they're trying to Make some sort of clone out of Baby Yoda's blood. Um, but they don't have quite enough of a sample, so they're probably going to go after the child again. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because, like, everything kept failing or whatever. So, yeah, that's great. Also, the Moff Gideon knows exactly where Mando's going with the child. They have a tracking beacon on their ship. Uh, because one of the people that was, uh, working on a ship and repairing it was a fucking snitch, and, yeah, so that's great. Um, but other than that, I fucking love this episode, you know. Baby Yoda is getting better and better each episode, and, like, learning new things, and kind of, for the most part, like kind of being a little more independent and making more of a kind of kind of standing on his own two feet you know even though he kind of barely has feet right now he's just kind of like waddling around like a penguin but he's so cute (laughs) i love baby yoda he's definitely definitely one of the best like star wars characters ever (laughs) but um I wonder if Baby Yoda is actually going to get a name eventually. I thought they said that 
he was supposed to. I wonder what that would be. We shall see, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think the next episode will hopefully finally have Ahsoka Tano. I thought this episode for sure was going to have it, but then I saw the cast and I was like, oh yeah, this is... This is definitely not where Ahsoka Tano comes in. Um, I already saw... They don't release the names of the episodes... Um, until... The day it airs. And like, the cast, I think. But, um... Same, sir, same with the cast, I mean. Um, but it did show... That Dave Filoni would be writing and directing the next episode... And he's worked on a lot of the episodes written and directed. Um, so, yeah, should be a good episode. Um, we will see what it has in store, and I will talk about it next week. Um, next thing I want to talk about in television is Seinfeld. Um, I started watching this show... Finished the first season and watched a few episodes of the second season. So that's where I'm at now. Um, the reason I wanted to start watching the show is because I was watching an old H3 Productions video um, about how the Fine Brothers channel, basically it's the React channel now, but it was like teens react to uh, <clears throat> like Seinfeld and the question was, does it hold up? And they're like, oh no, this is so this is so racy, and like Twitter would, Twitter would go crazy if this was on right now, and it's like, wow, they would not get away with that today. It's like, dude, I've seen, like, Seinfeld. Are you kidding me? I've seen worse shit on fucking The Office. Seriously, dude. Um, The Office, the show that everyone praises, well, almost everyone praises. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but there's just certain aspects about, like, the pe- some of the people that watch it and just, like, also some of the actors now that just are like, hey, you remember how I was on The Office? Well, I do, and I'm never going to let you forget. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that kind of, like, turns me off to it a little bit. But I still, I still love it. It's classic. But... <clears throat> Yeah, it's just like, look at Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, that shit is just, oh my god. Like, that is the most inappropriate show ever. And you're saying Seinfeld is bad? I don't know. It just kind of, like, made me go, what the fuck? (laughs) And so, like, I wanted to watch a few episodes for myself and be like, am I crazy? Or are these people crazy? Or... I don't even know, but, anywho, I think it's a funny show, I think Jerry Seinfeld now is so out of touch from the Jerry Seinfeld that he was then, just cause he's super rich, and, I don't know, from what I've seen in like, you know, comedians and cars getting coffee, um, and shit like that, he just kinda seems like a prick now, but, I mean, hey, I don't know him, but that's just kind of what I see um, on the outside looking in. But, yeah, I think it's a funny show. 
You got George. I like George a lot. He's funny. Um, and you obviously got Jerry and Kramer. So yeah, that's like the neighbor or whatever. Um, and then oh, shit, I can't remember the one chick's name. It's not Lucille, is it? No, it's not Lucille. Let me look it up. By the way, here is my Jerry Seinfeld impression. What is... Wait. <clears throat> what is the deal? No, that was terrible. What is the deal? No. It's it's pretty bad. Elaine, that's her name. That's the lady I was trying to think of. Um... I like her too. She's she's funny. They all have a good dynamic and there's a lot of really funny jokes in it. Um there's one that made me laugh. It was like uh um I'm lactose intolerant. Oh really? Yeah. I have no patience for lactose and I won't stand for it. That was that was pretty funny. Especially cuz I am lactose intolerant, you know. Kind of felt that one, you know. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't watched Seinfeld, go check it out. It's a classic show. Um, and also, if you're a fan of stand-up, I think there's something there that you'll like, too, just because they have, you know, scenes of him doing stand-up on stage and having the audience there. And just adds a little something extra to the show that, a lot of other shows don't do, obviously, because a lot of other shows aren't based around, you know, a stand-up comedian living in a shitty apartment in New York. Um, but yeah, go check it out. I like it. So don't listen to what the woke <laughs> fine brothers say. Um, you know, these are the people that tried to have a monopoly on reaction videos. For those of you who are too young to remember that, they try to monopolize reaction videos on YouTube. Um, very unsuccessfully, obviously. <coughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah. I was debating on talking about Invader Zim today, but I think I'm going to save that for a future episode. When uh, I have my friend Jacob on, because he is a, more of an Invader Zim fan than I am and can kind of elaborate on it more. Alright, so let me head on to movies, and then after that we will talk about Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, so the first movie I want to talk about, <clears throat> I actually watched a couple weeks ago now, I think. Uh, it's called The Opening Act. came out, you know, about... Not even a month ago now. It has uh, Jimmy O. Yang, who you might know from Space Force, or, uh, oh, what else? Uh, maybe his stand up. But yeah, this movie is loosely, or not loosely, but it's based on his come up in the stand up career. Um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of actually uh, big comedians that are in this movie like Whitney Cummings, Bill Burr, um oh let me look. It's one of the guys from SNL, I can never remember his name. 
Um, who else was in it? Uh, Tom Segura had a had a cameo in it. Um, Ken Jeong, Neil Brennan, Debbie Ryan, uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Alex Moffat. That's the guy I was trying to think of. Um, yeah, Alex Moffat was really funny in that movie. Um, I'm always excited to see SNL cast members and something, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, this movie is really funny, actually, and, uh, me being the stand-up fan I am, I, uh, found this quite endearing. So, if you're a fan of stand-up, I think you should go check this out, um, go rent it, it's actually pretty cheap to rent, um, worth the money, definitely. So, uh, yeah, it's something fun to watch, and it's something different. It's a little more of an indie film. Not a huge production, but uh, I had fun watching it. Uh, next movie I want to talk about is The Iron Giant, which came out in 1999. And uh, <clears throat> let me see if I can flip my notes on it here. my dog could not be laying on my stuff that would be great the iron giant there we are all right so this was directed by brad bird who directed both of the incredibles movies um <clears throat> and he also was one of the writers on this film and uh yeah, let me look at the cast here. Vin Diesel plays the Iron Giant, which, you know, makes sense. And I think that's perfect. Uh, Eli Mar Marenthal, I hope I'm saying that right, as Hogarth. Basically, it's about this kid who finds a giant robot. And uh, the robot doesn't remember anything. So he's basically, you know, teaching him, you know, about how to live and stuff like that and how to, you know, uh, act towards other living things and how to act normal and kind of be human in a way. It's a really endearing movie. Um, and, uh, it's, it's one of those movies where it's like kind of just, it, it, it reminds me of, um, Big Hero 6 in a way. It's like, a buddy movie, except one of the buddies is, you know, kind of an artificial intelligence in a way. But, um, <clears throat> Iron Giant definitely has a lot more feelings than, uh, Baymax. Baymax doesn't really have emotions or anything like that, but this giant does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would honestly go watch this movie. It's a classic. Um, this movie I will definitely talk more about when I have my friend Jacob on eventually. Um, because this is one of those movies that he is quite a fan of and can elaborate on a lot more too. Uh, next movie I want to talk about is less of a movie and more of a, a special. Uh, it's the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which is on Disney Plus. 
just came out. Uh, you don't have to pay any extra money for it. Um, I wanted to check this out because, obviously, uh, for big Star Wars fans, you know that there was a holiday special way back when, uh, after Return of the Jedi came out, I think. Um, and it was just super weird. But, uh, yeah, this intrigued me just because it's like, hey, it's kind of playing on that. But there is like a whole time travel element to it. Ray is going back in time and trying to see how different masters taught their, you know, their Jedi apprentices or whatever. Um, because she's trying to teach Finn the ways of the Force and how to be a Jedi and all that. Um, <clears throat> it's a pretty fun movie for the most part. Uh, if you're a fan of Star Wars and all that, um, there's definitely a lot of fan service in it. And in fact, most of the movie is fan service. Um, but that being said, it's still, it's still fun. You know, it's definitely very kiddish. Um, definitely more for the kids and not a whole, like, any really deeper jokes that adults would probably be like, oh, that's hilarious, and like, wow, that's really smart. It's, it's not smart humor, it's just like, you know, kind of child humor. It's fine, though, and me being a Star Wars fan, I enjoyed it for what it was, but Probably not something I'd go back to. And in terms of it being a Christmas movie, it barely was. Um, but yeah, go check it out. Uh, I guess it kind of fit with my overall animation theme because it's less like the Lego movie, where the Lego movie is like stop motion and then a little bit of CG and all that. But this is just full like animation. And it's kind of like those... uh other animated, like, Star Wars, uh, Lego, you know, TV specials or whatever, but <clears throat> it's okay, and if you have kids, they might like it, especially if they're a Star Wars fan, um, it's worth a, a, a watch, a singular watch, <laughs> all right, uh, the next movie I want to talk about is actually a documentary on Netflix that came out this year. It's called The Social Dilemma. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. Uh, and it's basically just about, you know, the effects of our smartphones and social media on, you know, people and all that. And this is one of those movies that just kind of, like, freaks you out. Um, I don't know. Definitely don't watch this movie when it's late at night and you're just, like, all paranoid and stuff. Um, because it is actually kind of creepy. Like, they use certain music to kind of make it a little more eerie. Because it is pretty pretty scary, <laughs> in a way. Like, how, how these phones kind of track what you do. And, you know, all you, have to, all you have to do is mention that you need a new ceiling fan. And, you know, an hour later, a bunch of ceiling fans are going to pop up in ads or whatever. You know, we'll see if that ends up happening after this episode. <laughs> if it does, I'll post something on my Instagram story. But yeah, that uh, 
And then not even that, it's just like the effects of social media on young children and stuff like that. It's like children definitely shouldn't have stuff like that. But, I mean, they get a hold of it for sure, um, whether their parents know or not. Um, I don't know, it's just one of those documentaries that makes you kind of have to think about it a little bit deeper. Um, And in a way, a lot of this stuff in the documentary is just like, yeah, I already know this stuff. Um, So for me, like, they weren't saying anything new. Um, Which isn't always a bad thing, but in this case, it was just like, yeah, I already know most of this stuff, though. And you're just kind of like, you know, kind of explaining it more. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still worth your time, especially if you are, you know, not very aware of a whole lot of, like, you know, psychology having to do with social media or your phone or just, like, technology in general. Um, if you're not quite aware of that, definitely go check it out. I mean, it's on Netflix. Most people have Netflix, so... Um, if you're looking for a good documentary... I would suggest you go check out The Social Dilemma. Um, Next movie is Lilo and Stitch. Why not? Uh, This came out in 2002. um, And it's about Lilo and Stitch, obviously. Uh, Stitch being an alien who escapes and lands in Hawaii. And uh, basically becomes Lilo's quote-unquote dog. Um, takes on the form of a dog and all that. and Basically about them becoming friends and him, you know, being a crazy, crazy wild alien monster and learning to chill out and, you know, find the meaning of family and stuff like that. It, it It's a very, you know, heartfelt movie, especially towards the end. It's just like, oh, Stitch is so cute. I do I do love Stitch. She is such a cute character. And like when he put aside all his like crazy aspects, it's just like look at this cute little guy, you know. I I always did like Stitch. And Lilo, even though she's kind of a brat, like I don't know. She's she's still a fun character and like even she I think Lilo and Stitch, like, they both kinda learn things from each other. And taught each other to, you know, change for, in good ways. <clears throat> they both definitely had an arc throughout the movie. And were changed from who they were in the beginning. Which, you know, is a sign of good writing. So, uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. Uh, this came out literally a few days ago. Or maybe like a day ago or something. It's on HBO Max. Um, relaxed and all cool. Shooting some b-ball outside of the school. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, so... I love Fresh Prince. Haven't watched every episode. I've watched like... Maybe up to season three or four or something like that. Um, but I love this show. This show... Has made me laugh. It's made me cry. 
it's such a deep show for something that's like super funny on the on the surface. It actually has really deep like messages and stuff. Most people know the episode where Will and his dad, you know, his dad's flaking out on him when they're supposed to go to a camping trip. And uh, Will's kind of just realizing, man, this guy's never really going to be for me or be there for me. Uh, <clears throat> and he is crying or whatever. And he's like, how come he doesn't want me? And uh, Uncle Phil, you know, embraces him and they're hugging and all that. But yeah, that's that's like one of the deepest moments on that show. And then there was also the episode where Carlton and Will get pulled over and um, eventually put in jail just because Carlton had never been really pulled over before and also having him grow up in Bel Air he has never had to really deal with discrimination or whatever so that's kind of what ended up happening in that situation uh and Will was trying to be like oh you got to do it this way and he's like you know what shut up Will I know I know what to do I'm the smart guy here and, uh, you know, like Carlton usually, usually does. And, uh, <clears throat> that time it ended up getting them in trouble. And his dad and ended up telling him how it is. And, uh, that's one thing I always really loved about Uncle Phil. He always told it how it, told, told everything how it was. And, uh, gave great advice and also just really cared. But <clears throat> I hear that the actor James Avery was pretty much just like that. Um, but yeah, this reunion brought back Will Smith, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Tatiana Ali, uh, Karen Parsons, uh, Joseph Marcel, <clears throat> and Daphne. Maxwell Reed. You also got a little bit from uh, Janet Hubert. Oh yeah, DJ Jazzy Jeff was also there, um, <clears throat> and Ross Bagley or Bagley also dropped in. The guy who played Nikki, um, which I actually never watched that far to see them have Nikki there, but yeah, overall, like this definitely gave me the feels. <laughs> Um, definitely made me emotional when they were talking about Uncle Phil and all that. Um, well, James Avery, rather. I don't know. A lot of, like, these kinds of reunions <clears throat> I typically wouldn't watch, wouldn't like. But there was something different about this one. It just felt a little more personal. I also loved how they recre recreated the set. <clears throat> sorry recreated the set like you could tell it was different but like it was it was the same in the sense that it's like here you're in the living room but you can still see the kitchen you know and you can still see that iconic kitchen but yeah i i had a lot of fun watching it i would highly recommend you guys go watch it if you have hbo max um, <clears throat> seriously, do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is 
Spider-Man Miles Morales. The time has come to talk about Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm so excited to talk about this game. <clears throat> the first Spider-Man I've played through like four or five times. Uh, the PS4 one. And that is easily one of my favorite games ever. Like I've ever played, if not my favorite game. This game takes what I loved about that game and improves it in a lot of ways. Um, the stealth missions are better. There were some of the uh, the moves that I didn't like as much as... Or not in the moves. Certain, like, web... Uh, you know, like, web functions that you could use. I liked some of the ones in the original Spider-Man PS4 more than I liked them here, but there were certain things that I was like, oh, I fucking love this a lot better. Like, having the added powers of turning invisible and also the Venom power, as it's called, um, where basically he just, you know, can shock webs and, you know, has shock fists and all that. Um, but yeah, I really did enjoy this game. Um, it did feel more of a side, like a side mission. Um, you had the villain of the Tinkerer in this one, which I'm not very familiar with Tinkerer at all. In fact, I thought it was a DC villain, but, um, obviously not. Who knows, maybe they have a tinker or two. But, yeah, this game... Oh, the loading times, so much better. Uh, not that it was, like, super a super huge issue for me in the first Spider-Man. But it, it's, like, one of those things they improved, and it's like, I didn't even know I had an issue with that before, but now I kind of do. And it's like... I don't know, and, like, certain things about the gameplay and some of the side missions that you can do, it, it just functions a little bit better. Um, I love the way that he, Miles web swings around the city. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I'm probably not really going to get into heavy spoilers, but I'll warn you before I, I do. Um trying to think what else do we got in this game the suits were pretty great um yeah for the most part like it's hard to say that i like this game better than the spider-man ps4 because i don't think i do but it's so fucking close because of just like the amount of detail that spider-man miles miles morales has with you know, even in just the loading screen, you can see, like, um, frost or whatever kind of fogging up his, uh, his headphones that he's wearing. And you can see, like, the thumbprints from where his, his fingers have been from putting it on. But, um, and then, like, the snow and stuff like that. Um, it's just small details like that that really adds to the experience and the immersion for me. But, um, yeah, so far I've, I've played through it once. I'll probably play through it again a few other times. Um, 
There's just so much that I love about this game. But it just feels like there could have been more. It doesn't feel as much like, you know, a well... Well, not well-rounded. It it doesn't feel like it's as big of a story, you know? It definitely feels like a smaller scale. <clears throat> Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I just kind of wish they would have put a little bit more in for having us wait this long. Like, more story, I guess. But maybe I'm just complaining too much. Or maybe maybe I'm my complaints are valid. But, yeah. That's all I got for today. I've been coughing up a storm in this episode. Um... I've been having to, like, stop the recordings and shit like that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. Definitely don't have COVID, I think. I'm just... Ugh. I don't know. Maybe I'm catching a cold or something. Definitely feel the congestion. Um, so, yeah, this was a super exciting 50th episode. <laughs> um, probably not the greatest episode but it's an episode, and I talked about things I wanted to talk about. So, yeah. I'll be back next week to talk about a bunch of the classic Disney movies, like uh, <clears throat> Lion King, uh, 101 Dalmatians, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, Aladdin, Jungle Book, Beauty and the Beast, I'll also be talking about the How to Train Your Dragon series. Um, a few more Pixar movies from the ones I did last week. <coughs> Sorry. Um, what else? Mandalorian Season f- uh, 2, Episode 5. Whatever news comes out. I'm debating on going and watching the live-action movies, so I might have the live-action movies to talk about next week. Or maybe not. We'll see. Alright, I'm ending the episode here because I'm coughing and all the congestion is just coming up right now. I hate it. But that's winter. Ah, yeah, again, super exciting 50th episode. Thank you guys for listening. Go follow my Instagram. It's pop underscore culture underscore podcast. My Facebook is at pop culture podcast sh. Um, if you go to my Instagram, there's a link in the bio that'll take you to my website, and we'll show you where else to listen to this, uh, how to get in contact with me, all my socials, and also in the merch store. Thank you guys for listening. I will see you later. Mm-hmm.